Hey guys, welcome to Facials and Facelifts, your podcast with all things beauty, skincare, and plastic surgery. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Deepa Bhatt. I'm Brittany. I own Skin Radiance Med Spa in Tampa, and let's get started. Yes, let's. <laughs> okay, I'm really excited for today's discussion because it's kind of fun. I and this is going to be a series. Okay. Um, so let's go through skincare myths. Oh, that's my favorite. I feel like there is so many out there, um, and I spend so much time during my consultations, um, kind of disproving them and talking about why certain things are not actually true. How about you? Oh my goodness. All, all the time. Yeah. All the time. So many clients, they, or they've been doing this or that forever. And so they swear that that's what's working, but there's really no science to it. Um, or sometimes, you know, they have issues, but they don't want to admit that, you know, it could possibly be whatever it is that they're using on their skin because yeah, the Vaseline said, on the skin. Or, yeah, 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 whatever it is, or yeah. you know. So, um, so yeah, you have a few things though that like, what is one of what is something that stands out to you? Um, out of all that, there's so many. There's so many. I call them like old wives' tales on like different things that you could try to help with your skin or beauty. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I do have a whole host of them, which is why I feel like this is going to be a multi-part episode. <laughs> Probably. Um, the first one I think is really important, and it's that higher SPF means that you're going to get better sun protection. So oh, yes. I feel like, you know, people go out there being like, I wear SPF 100 every single day, which is great because, hey, it's better than not wearing sunscreen. It's actually way better than not yes. wearing sunscreen. <laughs> uh, but at a certain point, like the effectiveness, you know, it's minutia, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I find that to me, when I see a, an SPF brand that promotes 100 plus F SPF, it's kind of a red flag to me because to me, that's just marketing. That's really, in my opinion, when I see that, uh, SPF really only goes up to, I'd say, like, is it like 30, is it 30 SPF or maybe 30, 40? Um, but anything that promotes, like, it technically being higher, it's not going to be a full, the UV rays are still going to get to you. <laughs> um, it's not necessarily going to be more protective. And a lot of times I find more chemicals in, in it. Um, I don't know what your opinions on that are, but I feel like it's more marketing than anything. Yeah, so I think that at minimum, you should be wearing SPF 30, mm -hmm. right? Um, SPF 15 or like SPF that's in your, you know, tanning products or in your makeup is simply not effective enough, nor are you putting it on in enough concentration for it to be effective either. So SPF 30 at the bare minimum, but then when you start climbing higher, so I don't know if you guys know this, but SPF 30 offers about like 96 percent sun protection. Yeah. Um, SPF 50 offers like 97. <laughs> so um, it, the numbers sound better, you know, um, or it could be like SPF 30 offers 97 protection uh -huh. and SPF 50 offers 98 percent, but like it goes up by one percent. So at the end of the day, does it make a huge difference whether or not you're using SPF 30 or SPF 50? Probably not. But what does matter, I think, is how often you're reapplying the sunscreen. Because you could be using SPF 100 on your face, but then if you're standing out in the sun all day or if right. you haven't reapplied for six hours, then you're using SPF 0, right? Right, exactly. At the exactly. end of those six hours. So yeah. um, how often do you reapply your sunscreen? Um, well, it just depends on what I'm doing. Um, most of the time, like, 
a day like today. I'm not out in the sun, um, but I have a powder that I'll put over the top. The SPF is not quite as high as what I put on underneath. I, I normally wear an SPF 30 on a daily basis. And then throughout the day, I'd say like every like, I'd like to say with a powder, it doesn't last as long. So like three hours or more. It really just depends because obviously we work, we have a life, we have things going on. So it's, it's as you remember it, but I at least twice a day try to like remember to reapply something yeah. just for that protection. Yeah. Um, how about yourself? Well, I'll say that's better than most people. <laughs> um, I, and so the recommendation is that you're supposed to reapply your sunscreen every two hours, which Honestly, like, yeah, that's great. But <laughs> that's not realistic. No, it's, it's not, not at realistic. all. No one's going to have that kind of time. No one is, you know, going to step out of a meeting to be like, hey, sorry, I have to go put my SPF on. Um, so I think just the act of reapplying throughout the day Absolutely. is probably more than most people are doing and what you should be doing, really. Um, I use a compact. Um, if I'm, you know, out and about and I know that it's been a while since I've, you know, put on my SPF, right. I have this really great compact that's tinted, it's mineral, I just wipe it on right on top of my makeup, Perfect. which is great, right? Yes. So it doesn't, you know, mess everything up or... I think that's the main reason why a lot of people don't want to use um, SPF is they're afraid, one, it's going to make their face too, like, shiny and greasy looking, clog the pores, whatnot, um, or two, they're, you know, you have a full face of makeup, you don't want to mess it up, so, but there are so many different forms of SPF, so knowing that you don't have to go, you know, with a SPF, you know, 100, 200, whatever. Yeah. You don't have to have a white cakey face. There's so many other like um, product, like really, really awesome formulas out there that are more sheer um, and so just a lot more um, aesthetically pleasing sure. <laughs> when you put them on. More like lifestyle friendly. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think the only time I ever wear anything heavy and typically that's like whatever's in, in the product, like what, what uh, like zinc or whatnot. Zinc tends to be very thick and white and heavy and not as pretty on the face. But that's there's a time and place for that. For example, if I'm going to go out on a boat day or laying out at the beach or whatever, um, I'm going to wear something a little bit heavier that might last a little bit longer and then definitely reapply. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, okay. Number two. <laughs> um, I like this one a lot because I think that it's a super common misconception um, and it is almost psychologic. Um, the myth being that if it stings or if it burns, that means it's working. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a tough one because I think people like the feeling of things like tingling on their skin or whatever. They like feeling like something yes. is happy, like happening. Um, it's like toothpaste. People just like that minty <laughs> taste, but like... Honestly, your toothpaste could be like garlic flavored and it would still be working. Right? Yes. It has nothing to do with the flavor. Uh -huh. um, so I tell patients that honestly, your skincare shouldn't be painful because the number one thing that leads to is non-compliance. If it burns when you put it on, if it's super unpleasant, then you're not going to keep putting it on every day. No. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So um, that's also why I'm always like, you know, you don't want to jump to like the highest percentage of actives of like, you know. Right. Right. You want to start really, really gentle and then work your way up. Yes. Yes. Because there are, there are some formulas out there that you start at a lower percentage so you don't freak your skin out so that your skin doesn't overreact. Um, your skin may be able to hire, handle a higher percentage of, even if we talk about chemical peels, um, 
you know, you could do a 20% lactic acid and have peeling, but then maybe I don't want to move you up higher than that yet because your skin's not ready for it. And if I do anything stronger, you risk hyperpigmentation because the body, it's it that tingly feeling, that irritation, that burning feeling typically indicates erythema or swelling in the skin. Swelling causes melasma. It can cause irritation with uh, um, uh, 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 acne, things like that. So, um, you have to be careful uh, how what you put on your skin so that you don't agitate things more or make your skin so sensitive that when you are outside in the sun or have any other damage that could potentially harm the skin, you're just more vulnerable if you end up stripping away all of your natural protection. Yeah, and so that's a great point. Like you don't want to put yourself in a position where you damage your skin's natural barrier and then you end up in a worse place because you're actually... Um, exposing your skin to more damage and more harm um, in the environment because it no longer has the ability to protect itself. So just like something to remember, it really shouldn't burn. And just because you don't feel anything happening does not mean that on a cellular level, things aren't working for you. Right, right. So, you know, your, your trut or your retinol should not make, you know, your entire face fall off, like even though it might <laughs> cause a little bit of irritation, a little bit of peeling, but like things like, you know, super, super red, breakout, this, right, that, right. Like, that's a sign that maybe we need to back off a little and reevaluate how we approach your active skincare. Along that, I mean, just while we're on that topic, one thing that I, it's kind of like a cringe moment when I have clients that tell me that they do their own chemical peels at home. There are some really good ones, like just like little pads that are self-neutralizing that you can use at home. But the thing is, if you aren't a skincare professional, you don't even know what you're looking for on what that, you know, I have a lot of clients. They'll just be like, Oh, it burns and it burns so good. And I know it's working. Um, or even when I do treatments on them in the room, they'll just be like, Oh, I don't really feel it. I don't, I don't feel like it's really doing anything, but it is, there's lots of active ingredients in it and you can really end up hurting your skin or, um, or, or even worse, like it might not work with other products that you're using. So you might be using something that normally wouldn't agitate the skin, but since you've stripped away that barrier and you were using a glycolic acid that was just a little bit too strong, you could have, um, I've had some clients have actual burns because they the products did not work well together. And, um, so it's very, I just, chemical peels at home, just proceed with caution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I, yeah. I'm not doing any, like, at-home treatments no. unless I truly know what I'm doing. Exactly. I wouldn't recommend that to anyone either. So. <laughs> yep, but very good point, very good point with that. Um, okay, number three. Um, this is also a really good one. Oily skin does not need moisturizer. So this is a super common and it's almost um, counterintuitive to think about because you're thinking, why would I put even more stuff on my face when it's already oily, right? Mm -hmm. um, but in actuality, moisturizing your face with the correct product can actually help your oily skin because when your skin doesn't receive moisture, it gets a signal to create more oil production, more sebum production, right. because it's dehydrated. So yes. once you, um, it's like a feedback mechanism or a feedback loop, right? So then once you provide that feedback to your skin that, hey, you know, it is moisturized, it is taken care of, yes. then it stops sending signals 
to your skin, the body stops sending signals to your skin to make more sebum, to make more oil. So you actually get a less oily appearance when you moisturize properly. Absolutely. Um, I have a lot of clients that uh, one also misconception, a lot of people think that, you know, their oily skin, it makes it worse when you work out or, you know, things like that. But sweat is not sebum. Um, it's, it's a complete, it's completely different. So that might not, that's not necessarily what's causing it. But when you are constantly, every acne client that, you know, before they get to me, <laughs> the majority of my clients that come in, they'll, they'll tell me, I always ask what products that they're on and they're using a salicylic acid face wash with a salicylic acid, this, and then this kind of, you know, all these different things that are stripping away the oils and they let, they love the feeling of their skin feeling clean because those oils are on it. Yes, yes. And tight. And, but the problem is then they go to bed and the next morning they wake up and their face is just completely oily all over again. And it is about balance. If you can balance out and that doesn't matter dry skin, uh, oily skin, no matter what it is, if you can create balance, that is what's going to help everything to balance out. So your skin is dehydrated. A lot of times you may be more prone to oily skin than somebody else, but you still are going to need hydration just as much as, as, um, someone who just has dry skin, maybe a more aged, um, skin. And a lot of times what you'll notice, uh, kind of an indicator that I've, I've seen when it comes to like you kind of just knowing that maybe you need a moisturizer in your routine, when, when, even if you have oily skin. A lot of my very oily clients have a lot of texture on top of it. So especially around like the nose area and the cheeks, it's almost like there's a lot of texture and that's the dead skin cells just accumulating on the surface. Like you have so much, there's dryness on the surface and there's oil production like crazy. And then that's what causes all the crazy acne and all. It's just like a big mess if you're not careful. Um, but using the right, like you had mentioned earlier, the right kind of moisturizer is very important too. And a lot of times I, I definitely recommend talking to a professional um, about it so that they can kind of see you know, what is causing the oiliness? Like in, there are different kinds of things, you know, that, that may be contributing to that so that you can kind of have the right direction on what kind of moisturizer you need. Like the hyaluronic acid is like giving your skin a drink of water. Do you need that for your skin? Um, not necessarily like an oil-based moisturizer or anything like that. So. Yeah. If you have oily skin, probably something non-comedogenic is yes. a good idea for your skin Definitely type. a good idea. <laughs> so... So it really varies on, yeah, like maybe you're not using the exact same type of moisturizer that your best friend is using that has super dry, eczematous skin, um, but you need to be using something. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. Okay, so next <laughs> one. I keep saying that I love all of these because I truly do, but this has to be my favorite um, because the term clean beauty drives me honestly absolutely <laughs> nuts. I just, I can't stand it. Um, but... Um, the idea that natural or organic skin products are somehow better for your skin than things that are not. And I'm just going to, I'm so passionate about this. I'm just going to start <laughs> off by saying that's just such BS. Like, tell me what the definition of clean beauty is. Tell me what the definition of natural or organic skincare is. And I've said this before, but if I bought a jar of peanut butter from Costco... <laughs> And it's organic because they do the Kirkland Signature brand. Oh, yes. Excellent, by the way. Um, it's organic. <laughs> um, and I smeared it all over my face. That is technically clean organic skincare. Mm -hmm. But what you should not be doing is putting peanut butter on your face. I don't <laughs> care how clean it is. You know what I mean? Like, yes. It just, it means nothing. 
Right. It doesn't tell you anything about the quality of the product, doesn't tell you anything about the active ingredients, doesn't tell mm -hmm. you um, anything about what's actually inside of it and right. what it's supposed to do to help right. you. So, <laughs> instead of falling for marketing gimmicks, you need to A, consult with a professional that knows what all of these, you know, quote unquote scary ingredients are. Right, right. Um, or you need to kind of make, you need to do the research yourself, right? So medical grade skincare, no, it's not completely natural. No, it's not completely organic, but it's gonna work a heck of a lot better than some of the quote unquote natural or organic products out there. Mm -hmm. um, and those products, like maybe they expire in like a week or something because they're natural or organic and then they lose their effectiveness in a week. Oh yeah. Right? So like, what are you really putting on your face like it may be natural, it may be organic, but it's not doing anything for your skin, right? Right, right. I totally agree. And those products tend to be very expensive um, and they don't deliver true correction uh, because since they are organic and since they're more natural, molecule size tends to be larger. So if I'm putting product on my skin and it's just sitting on the surface, by the way, everything you see in the mirror, this is technically just dead skin cells. It's like our fingernails. So if I'm trying to treat dead skin, what's the point? You're not gonna see much of a difference. It might feel soft if I rub, it, rub an avocado on my face. It might feel really nice and soft, but it's not gonna stay that way. A few hours later, the next day, whatever, I'm gonna have to rub an avocado on my face again because it's just, it didn't really do as much. Um, I had a client one time um, tell me, uh, she picked up a bottle of, I don't know, it was a serum and it was a medical grade uh, product and she looked at the ingredient list and she's like, well, I can't use this because I, I never use anything that has ingredients that I can't pronounce. So that was her idea of, well, if I can't pronounce what it is, then it must be a harsh chemical I, that's I not good that. for my skin. I love that. Hold <laughs> on, while you're talking, I'm going to Google something because oh, I no. want to share it with you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. No. So it's very interesting. And sometimes those larger words that you can't read, first of all, we are not scientists. We don't understand what they are. But if you were to break down all of the words, a lot of times they're derivatives from natural things. Um, so some of them can be derivatives if it's more hydrating, like... Um, even a lactic acid, like people hear acid, they think like harsh chemical. Lactic is derived from milk. There are things that are derived from all kinds of natural sources. When you, in, in a lot of the medical products, you can take a molecule which has two different sides and you, the molecule has two different, it can have, it has a two sides and two different functions. Scientifically, we can split that in half and use the side that is more effective for what we want in our product, um, which makes the molecule size smaller and 10 times more effective because we're only using the active side for whatever it is that we're trying to treat. So that changes the name. It changes everything. But like I said, we're not all scientists here. I'm not going to know how to even pronounce all of them, but it doesn't mean that it's bad for your skin. <laughs> so, so true. And okay, so this is what I wanted to Google is that, you know, there's this whole list of these whole list of ingredients that sound really scary. Um, like, would you ever put like phenolic compounds or acids or tannins or anthocyanins on your face? Um, you know, <laughs> no. Would you ever put them in your body? No. But like, <laughs> A, you don't know what those are. And two, those are the like chemical compounds found in organic blueberries. So like- There you go. So you just have no idea. I can make anything sound scary. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, and I mean, there's so many, so many things. One of my 
this is just a pet peeve, but this is just how I view it. Um, obviously, you want something that you know you know is reputable, made preferably somewhere. I, I like things that are made in the states because I just know exactly like what's going in it. Um, but uh, just uh, something to consider is whenever you're getting any kind of product that is, is more corrective, it is going to have also, I know nobody likes this word, but some kind of preservative in it. Something has to be in it to preserve it. Or it's just like when you buy a loaf of bread, it's not going to last. It will mold. You're putting something wet <laughs> inside of a dark jar, and that's just going to breed bacteria if you don't put the right ingredients in it to help to sustain it so that you can actually use it on your face and that's so that the products remain active um, versus something really organic. If it was truly organic and truly doesn't have any preservatives or anything like that, it's really not going to have a long shelf life at all. Yeah, and for how much you're paying for these products, like let's be honest, skincare isn't always the cheapest. You want it to last a couple months. Oh yeah, right? well minimum a yeah. couple months. Right. I mean, you, typically a bottle. It depends on where you get it from, but I'd say like if you were using a product every single day, at most it would be like three months, depending on how large the bottle is and whatnot. I don't mm -hmm. want to have to keep re-upping on my products every single month because then I might as well invest in something really expensive or medical. So, I mean, but then it goes back to a lot of the organic stuff tends to be really expensive anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, TLDR, it's not that organic or natural is somehow magically better for your skin. It's that you just have to be smart about the ingredients that you're putting on your mm -hmm. face. Um, just because you can't pronounce an ingredient or don't know what it is. Um, mm -hmm. Honestly, I didn't go to pharmacy school. I didn't, you know, I'm not a right. cosmetic chemist, um, but I know enough about these active ingredients to know that, yeah, they're not all going to sound natural or like, you know, like yep. you dug them out of your backyard or whatever. <laughs> exactly. It is. So. No, and then when you do your research, definitely get multiple sources because you're going to have some people who may be a little biased to different things get different see all points of view if you're looking at one specific ingredient but like also another one of my pet peeves is some people are so particular about what they're putting on their skin that it has to be so organic this and so like all these different things but they don't have any problem drinking alcohol which technically is kind of a poison for your body oh, right a thousand percent so if toxin, you're gonna yeah. be that particular i'm not you know i'm not judging you but just know that there are some there's a time and place for everything and as long as it's not truly going to damage your skin as long as you've done your research um you know or organic everything on the face is not always it's not what it's hyped up to be yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay i think we've beaten that horse yeah that was a really fun one though i really liked that I know, one <laughs> i know um okay last one um popping pimples will make them go away or it will take care of the problem oh my god yeah, yeah that one's uh i have that all the time i literally have <laughs> i have some clients who come to me monthly and the minute that they get on the bed they're like just so you know this guy right here i picked at him i know you're gonna know because you look under looking under the light but i couldn't help it and um a lot of times it's because they see it and like it looks like it's right there and they just want to clear it out and um nine the reason that i would know if they picked it or not is because it they, you end up tearing your skin it's like it's not good it can be it can be a, a serious serious problem um if you're not doing it properly if you're not extracting properly you're gonna you're gonna make a pretty big infection on your face or scar or there's just so many things that can go with that yeah <laughs> And like, honestly, we're all guilty of this. I am. I see something on my face. I can't even help it. 
I know better. I know I know know better. And while I'm actively doing it, I'm like, I know I shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can't help it. I pick up my skin too. We're all human. Yeah. But the thing is, I I do try. And what's what's worst is that, you know, that cystic acne that you get that feels like really, it's painful. You know, it's deep under the skin. You're like trying to express it out. It doesn't work. No. Um, and all I end up with every single time is hyperpigmentation. I scar, mm-hmm. I end up with a, you know, a dark spot there that takes mm-hmm. me months and months and months right. and sometimes never to get rid of. Right. So, um, I cannot think of one single instance where me going at something with my nails um, oh, has such helped a bad my idea. skin. No. Yeah. yeah. What you're doing is you're actually seeding the bacteria deeper into your skin and right. not only are you seeding that bacteria deeper in because you're pushing in it you're pushing it in you're actually introducing new bacteria mm-hmm. to that same area potentially bringing on an even bigger problem more inflammation um, and not only that you're just prolonging the healing process with a now completely damaged skin barrier right Right. right. So you have not only hurt yourself, you've hurt yourself in like 12 different ways. <laughs> no, it's true. And then you really, uh, I think you risk even getting like a, like a pitted scar. Like some, some of my clients and, you know, teenagers are notorious for this because they don't know. And they're just picking at their skin. And then typically that's the age. Like that's whenever you get those ice pick like scars that you're self-conscious about for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, but one of the things, like you said, you're pushing it in deeper. And I always tell my clients when it hurts, when you touch it and it hurts, that's inflammation. So think of like the swelling and then the pores down here full of all the problem, right? So then I try to push at it. It's already swollen. So it's like squeezing a balloon from the wrong side. Now I'm pushing it down deeper. And now that bacteria is just going further and just eating the tissue around it. It's just causing so much more issues than it needs to. Sometimes you can get stuff out. And, but then, you know, we've all done it. We pop our pimple and then the next day we wake up and there's another like whitehead there. Yeah. Same place because we didn't get the infection out. The infection's still there and now we just made it worse and now it's just festered. And like you said, you risk more, um, more damage by doing that. Um, I will say that in, in the treatment room, I do, um, extractions for certain clients, depending on what it is, um, in the treatment room, but you have to think about, I do this for a living. This is something I can do professionally. I have a light on you. I'm not, you're not looking in the mirror, everything backwards, trying to, I'm not using my fingernails to try to, you know, so there's, there are ways to get extractions done that are appropriate. You're not using your fingernails. (laughs) Yes. No fingernails, none of that. And also there's sometimes that my clients come in and I'm like, I can't do anything about this, but there are different ways to help try to promote the healing, like it to just come out purge maybe on its own a little bit faster. Sometimes there's like, for my clients that come in, I might put on a little bit of, um, uh, some, some sort of acid, depending on what, what it looks like, just to kind of pull out the impurity a little bit, kill the bacteria. Sometimes that'll at least calm down the inflammation. So it heals faster. Um, but there are, there are many, many times where I'm like, I'm not touching that because he's so swollen. It's right. not worth it. It just right. is not worth it. Right. Yeah. Um, couldn't agree more. It's never a good idea, guys, no. no matter how tempting it is. Yes, don't do that. You know, that's actually um, how I know it's time to go to bed when I'm scrolling on TikTok and I start, my feed starts, I don't know how it knows, but it starts giving me the extraction videos. Stop I'm it. like, okay, it's time. It is now. Like, stop now. Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. Gotta exit out of this app now. I love that. So, so funny. 
right. Well, okay, so we covered five really important skincare myths. One being higher SPF is better. So truth, no, higher SPF is not always better. Use SPF 30 um, or higher, but like you don't need to go SPF 100 to feel like you're getting enough skin protection. What actually matters uh -huh. is regular reapplication. Exactly. Um, number two, if it stings or burns, it's working. Not necessarily true. Skincare shouldn't hurt. Leads to non-compliance. Mm -hmm. Three, oily skin doesn't need moisturizer, as we've discussed. Yes, we need balance. You need the hydration still. Yes. So. Um, number four, <laughs> my favorite, natural organic skincare. Oh my goodness. Not always better. Nope. Um, sometimes it's just a bunch of hocus pocus nonsense. Don't waste your money. Mm -hmm. um, caveat, there are some great, you know, quote unquote, clean beauty products out there, but it's because they contain ingredients that actually work. Um, right. So, and then number five, popping pimples. Yeah, is never don't do it. Yeah, not a good idea. It. Absolutely yeah. not. And yeah, <laughs> just not good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this was fun. I really love, I love talking about things like this because um, it's like, even before I got into skincare, a lot of these things I totally fell for. Yeah. Um, oh, me too. I mean, it was just common. And honestly, and science has proven a lot of things differently. You know, back in the day, it's just like even with SPF, like nobody really wore SPF, you know, 30 years ago. Like, you know. We, no, they, people, my patients tell me all the time, my older patients, they mixed like betadine or iodine with uh -huh. um, oil. baby oil. Yeah, baby oil. Literally frying themselves in the sun. Um, so interesting. But see, then science, as is, as everything has evolved, we realize like this is a very bad idea. We yeah. should not be doing this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, even the tanning beds used to be a lot more popular than they are now. A lot yeah. of people still do them, but back in the day, like it was, it was very, very popular to age, try yeah. to be as dark as possible and fry yeah. your skin until we realized how bad UV rays. Like I think we always kind of knew, but not to the extent of how harmful UV rays can be. Um, but I do think it would be fun that if um, anyone listening, if you have any suggestions um, for topics that you would like us to talk about, any topic in general, but especially like skincare myths, or if you have any questions, we would love for you to comment um, or DM us so that we can talk about it um, in one yeah. of our upcoming episodes. It'd yeah, be really that's fun. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that idea. If you have any thoughts, comments, questions, please reach out. Um, because we love hearing from you guys. Or even if you have just a crazy story about something that you've tried on your skin before, because that's just, I don't know, it's just really fun to hear, yeah. hear about. I've shared my story. I think it was one of our, on one of our first episodes yeah. of just one of my skincare fails. So it would just be fun to get some feedback from you guys, what you love, what you don't like, what you want to hear about, um, or your own personal stories. We would love to hear about that um, and possibly even talk about it in our upcoming episodes. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> so um, with that, that concludes our episode for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, um, for listening along. If you have any thoughts, questions, you know, whatever it is, please send them to us. But otherwise, we'll see you next time on the next episode of Facials and Facelifts. Yay. <laughs>